Welcome back, folks, to Cosmic Brilliance. My guest again is Dan Willis, who previously joined us in part one that covered over a hundred years of events that indicate how our planet has been technologically hijacked in all areas of science. He was one of the top secret military witnesses that testified in Washington, D.C. in 2001 for a congressional hearing to release the advanced extraterrestrial based technologies for the good of all humanity. But this was denied and instead suppressed to the public. In part two, today's show, we will explore the scientific indications that substantiate some of the extraordinary claims of medical technologies utilized within these secret space programs that were derived from advanced extraterrestrial cultures working with the US Navy. Dan will also share an extraterrestrial experience he had back in 1977, which led him into working with IBM's top scientist and genius, Dr. Marcel Vogel, who opened up a laboratory to research and quantify these advanced concepts in science. So welcome back today. <laughs> Good to be with you again. Yeah, 100 years. That was uh, quite a bit we did on part one. Yes, I hope you all enjoyed part one, where he just concisely gave you all the cliff notes of 100 years of history that was suppressed and is very, very important for everyone to inform themselves about. So why don't you start with sharing this a little bit about the suppression of medical technologies, and I give you the floor fully. Yeah, when... <laughs> We testified, you know, the witnesses and I back in uh, 2001, there was, we had advanced technologies that such as zero point energy, where we you haven't needed all these primitive, you know, nuclear oil, coal, and, you know, medical technologies, thousands of inventions because of the Invention Secrecy Act back in 1951 have been suppressed to the world uh, that could have alleviated so many situations on this planet. Um, all right, so we're going to explore a little bit of uh, some of the tyranny that's been going on with the suppressed medical technologies. And uh, we're going to do a little, little slide here. All right, uh, you know, in, uh, in part one, we talked about the holographic medbed technologies that are used in the secret space program. Uh, so we're going to look at some of the, I mean, across the board, suppressed medical technologies, as well as the holographic technology that's being used in the med beds. On planet Earth, we, uh, we've got about 7.8 billion humans on planet Terra. And uh, the average lifespan, according to the CIA factbook, is about 78 years old which, you know, it's not very old. That's, by the time you get, uh, you know, in your 70s, you're, you're just starting to figure some of this stuff, stuff out. Um, elsewhere in our galaxy, uh, we have extraterrestrial races that are thousands or millions of years in advance, and their lifespan are in hundreds or even thousands of years. So it makes you wonder, since these uh, other advanced races do exist, according to multiple witness testimonies, 
why not on earth? Why do we have such a short lifespan? I'm going to go into a super brief history on how our planet's future was technologically hijacked. Um, my uh, great-grandfather uh, was opposing the medical tyranny that the Rockefellers were putting in place with allopathic medicine back in the early 1920s. Uh, he was the president of the Homeopathic Medical Society, and which they were attempting to shut down anybody that had natural medicine, holistic, uh, you know, Native American, anything. Instead, the profitable allopathic uh, pharmaceuticals were with the incredible financial backing of the Rockefellers, which they made through oil, uh, completely put a lot of these uh, alternative homeopathic and others um, in either out of business or, you know, in the background. Uh, one scientist who, uh, Dr. Royal Raymond Reif, he discovered that all the cells in our body all have a unique vibratory frequency. And he was able to make a special microscope that could see the living cells, unlike an electron microscope that actually kills the cells when you're looking at it. This, you could see the live living cell, and he had these oscillators, and he could find out what was the resonant frequency. And so the bad cells, which were the like cancer and so forth, he was able to tune into them, and like an opera singer can break a, uh, a wine glass hitting the right resonant frequency, the glass would shatter. The same thing happens with, uh, with his uh, technology. Now, as a test, they took 16 terminally ill cancer patients, in which he was able to cure all 16 of, of the cancer. The trouble is the, uh, the person who put this together he was poisoned uh, before he could present this, and all the papers were lost, of course. And uh, personal story, my mother, who lived in her 90s, completely cured of cancer from Dr. Max Gerson using nutritional therapy. His daughter shared with me the story how he was strychnine poisoned when he was coming out with his book. And when he came out with his book, Cured for Cancer. They, they, he did a heavier dose of strychnine, and this time it killed him, and they published his death that he died of cancer. So a lot of corruption in our medical system. Um, and a lot of it has to do with money. Uh, I mean, Mayor Rothschild said it well. He says, give me control of a nation's money. I care not who makes this law, meaning that uh, this is kind of the fundamental how the people of this planet are influenced and can be corrupted by the wealthy elite, you know, such as today in our medical system and hospitals and the amount of money that's being paid to do things that are not necessarily for the health and well-being for everyone. Uh, and all the doctors take a oath, the Hippocratic oath, do no harm. And so they're, they should be held to that. The American Medical Association, by 1900, natural herbal remedies, homeopathy, or Native American remedies were effectively being shut down and enforced by the AMA for, instead for profitable pharmaceutical drugs. You know, since that time, doctors in medical school receive an extremely minimal amount of nutritional training. I think in the four years, it's like less than, 
less than one day than you get. So the doctors don't understand really nutrition. They understand what pill for what, for what disease. The pharmaceutical corporations influence the actual textbooks that the doctors read for their medical education. Uh, and a suspiciously large number of ongoing holistic doctor deaths uh, have occurred. Oh, and very strange suicides and things with doctors that are coming out with cures that would jeopardize the uh, current medical establishment and their profitable drugs. Hospital medical mistakes, by the way, are the third leaning cause of death next to heart attacks and cancer. Pharmaceutical corporations influence the mainstream media, as you can see on your television set, <laughs> and social media and the search engines in support of their drug sales. I, I like what Dr. Alan Greenberg uh, said. He said, as a retired physician, I can honestly say that unless you're in a serious accident, your best chance of living to a ripe old age is to avoid doctors and hospitals and learn nutrition, herbal medicine, and other forms of natural medicine unless you're fortunate enough to have a naturopathic physician available, almost, almost all drugs are toxic and are designed only to treat symptoms and not cure anyone. Besides, a, a, a healed uh, patient is a lost client, isn't he? Mm -hmm. uh, the Rockefeller someone Foundation. Did, someone did the work and said the average patient, uh, the... Um, shall we say drug or medical industry makes 150,000 on for a cancer treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the incredible. It's very highly profitable. And, and the doctors are kind of wedged into this, uh, this whole thing, you know, such as NIH protocols that they're using in the hospitals currently. And uh, a lot of, a lot of whistleblowers, witnesses, doctors, scientists are, are speaking out, which we can't talk about because of yes. the control. <laughs> um, for the doctors and nurses, you know, I really do. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, so the Rockefeller Foundation and IG Farben, who work together on these patentable pharmaceutical drugs, started shutting down all the natural approaches to medicine. Uh, they were actually, I.G. Farben was the one who funded and was responsible for bringing Adolf Hitler into power, which started World War II. Um, as we went on in part one, we talked about the plan before the end of the war, Weltanschauungskrieg, uh, which means worldview warfare, the control matrix of perception, uh, where they got into education, CIA, mainstream media, pharmaceutical corporations, NASA, military industrial complex, etc., in order to create this false matrix of perception and to hide these operations. One of the witnesses, uh, William Tompkins, you know, stated that the scientists that came over in paperclip took over the aerospace and biomedical operations within the U.S. One of the first Biomedical takeovers was Scripps Research. Eventually, the highest positions within the U.S. pharmaceutical industry are in their control today. And he's a very highly documented witness that substantiated his, his background. Uh, so after the horrific, uh, you know, doctors of the Third Reich, what they were doing to people and everything. After the war, they had the Nuremberg trials. The Nuremberg trials 
because of these horrific things that the doctors were doing without the consent of the uh, patients, uh, they established the principle of informed consent as international law, which is still applicable today, which uh, you cannot do anything to anybody, put anything into their body without their complete informed consent. And that should be upheld. That's a very important, if you do not give your consent, you are not, uh, you're not uh, going along with it. Uh, and you know, these corporations after the Nuremberg trials were split into many of the household names we see on our television set all the time. Um, and in 1946, when the Center of Disease Control was formed, Operation Paperclip brings in 1,600 former scientists and doctors, including some of Adolf Hitler's closest collaborators, including men responsible for murder, slavery, and human experimentation, including men convicted of war crimes, men acquitted of war crimes, and men who never stood trial. The CDC, Center for Disease Control, is formed this year with many of these, quote, former, you know, uh, Third Reich people. <laughs> Okay, um, we covered this in the first part about why these medical advances and stuff, why they get suppressed. And it goes back again to the Invention Secrecy Act back in 1951, where energy, medical, anti-gravity, if you're anything on a, on a list of uh, red flags, you get what's called a national security, which says you cannot your invention has been deemed to be a detriment to the national security of the United States. You cannot share it with anyone. And over 6,000, you know, having to do with uh, energy, medical, anti-gravity, you name it, have been withheld from, from the people. Uh, again, covered in part one, you know, where when I testified in Washington, it, along with 20 other you know, military, top secret military witnesses that were disclosing that uh, we have these advanced extraterrestrial drive technologies, but it was not allowed and it was sanitized by the mainstream media. Uh, it inspired the hacker who discovered the secret space program, which they do 20 years and back, which we described in part one, and use, utilizing these incredibly advanced medical technologies that are called med beds that are holographic in nature. Um, in a previous episode that you did interview with Randy Kramer, who was one of the uh, secret space program witnesses, mm -hmm. he talked about how they get a perfect read of the DNA code. And it's all based on DNA frequency. And then they have a special holographic projecting lens that projects that image that holographic image onto the body and he says it's a the dominant harmonic frequency resonance that then heals the body restores it where he lost his arm or leg or even his head um, and are able to restructure this in a matter of hours it's incredible uh, but this keep in mind this is not stuff made by scientists here on earth this is technology that, as Alex Collier said in this interview, that connected you and me together. Because when I heard what Alex Collier was describing 
uh, the holographic med technology, I contacted you and said, oh my God, this is what I worked on in the early 1980s with Dr. Marcel Vogel, who had set up a laboratory after he retired from IBM. And um, we played this in the first part, but you know, just to highlight it, he says the holographic camera that the Andromedas use, they call it a quote camera. And that uh, what it does is it takes a picture of your body uh, because it's holographic. It's a picture of the present time. And then the picture is taken, it goes all the way back to your conception. And so what they do is they, they look back through time, through the hologram, that it, he said he called it slides, different slides and different events through time. And what it does is it takes the different parts of your body when it were optimal, you know, your heart, your lungs, your brain, your arms, every, everything, when each part was separately optimal. And then what they do is they take all these separate optimal components that make you up when you were your most optimal, and they put it together as one holographic pattern. And then they... Um, as, a, as he said, he said they create a new hologram and then they overlay that new holographic picture onto your physical body. This literally heals and renews your body while you're lying there in a, in a short period of time. So it's a incredible technology, not something, again, that we made here on Earth, but due to the relationships and alliances with advanced extraterrestrials that have given this to the secret space programs. Um, okay, uh, no, so how did I get involved in this? I'm just one top secret military witness out of hundreds, you know, my testimony is just a small fragment of the entire picture. Some, the other witnesses that joined me back in May 9th, 2001, in front of the mainstream media of the world, the 22 cameras at the National Press Club, they had explosive testimonies that would have, I couldn't imagine how could this, how could this not be a world-changing event? But as I, I didn't even know what Operation Mockingbird was back in 2001. So as I researched two decades of information, I found out, oh, wow, this is how they, this is who's behind controlling this information. But here's a uh, 1984 TV show talking about the future of energetic feeling, healing, where we're going to take uh, what is in the laboratory that's considered like science fiction magic into actual science and this is like uh, a little clip from a show i did back in 1984 you might visualize alex and say in the future a person could walk into a, a chamber and they could have like these energy transducers a person could see if there's a distortion in a person's energy field and then they could use uh, appropriate uh, intervention, energetic means to restore the person's health and balance back using purely energy and vibration. You know, this could be, this is a science fiction, you know, topic, but we're turning magic into okay. scientific fact as we're discovering things in the laboratory. Well, uh, is this used uh, after the person is sick, is, or, or is it before? the person is sick, becomes sick? Well, if we recognize that the preformative body, uh, which forms the physical body, the 
the symptoms and things occur there first and then into the physical body. Mm -hmm. If you can sense them there first and alleviate them, you don't have the physical problem. But once the physical problem is there, you can work with the higher formative energy fields and work out it from that point. But if you can catch it in an early stage, it's much easier, of course. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I noticed that this one is rather, is, is, most of them are six-sided and rather lopsided as we see in those there. Now, this one's been specially cut? It's been specially cut. Talking about uh, the work that was doing in, uh, it was called Psychic Research Incorporated with Dr. Marcel Vogel that uh, we were looking at, he was working with two dozen medical doctors cutting quartz crystals in specific geometries that would augment the healing. He had incredible uh, success with uh using this and um one of the projects that i worked with uh substantiated the holographic camera that uh, alex collier talked about and um go back oh, here med beds. yeah the med beds i uh met with him in the early 1980s when he was still working with ibm and uh he the electron microscope he put it he put this together from scratch he was an incredible genius had hundreds of patents he developed the red and blue colors the phosphors for color television liquid crystals uh he developed the magnetic coating that everybody used on hard drives on the computers uh the man was an extraordinary genius that uh he started on this path of unusual uh, research due to uh, get, having to give a course to creativity to the engineers at IBM having to do with plant communication, which he thought was nonsense. And then he decided to do it and he hooked up a split leaf philodendron. I should give a, give a little story on this. Uh, he hooked up a split leaf philodendron in his laboratory and because of this article he read about Cleve Baxter was a CIA polygraph expert. And, you know, somebody would walk into the room and he trashed the plants and that and only that person that walked into the room, trashed the plants, the, the script chart recorder would respond. So he initially thought this was garbage and crumpled it up and threw it in the trash. And then he decided to, to he thought this would be a great creativity project for these 30 engineers at IBM that he was, you know, the very left brain type of thinking. And he was a type of scientist that would relentlessly try to pursue a problem and he would get his information in dreams at night. And so, um, and so he hooked up the split, split leaf philodendron and he went to burn the leaf to cause a reaction. And then the moment the thought formed in his mind to burn the leaf again, the moment the thought formed, the script chart went squiggle. He said that squiggle changed his life. And, and to make a long story short, because this is a long story, <laughs> he uh, basically he was doing some lectures on, he was written up in the book, uh, The Secret Life of Plants. And uh, uh, one of the lectures, uh, a woman came and gave him this crystal. And he thought, oh, this is a woo-woo thing, you know. And so he, he, uh, what he did was when he was working with plants, he found that he was studying pramayama yoga with breathing. And he found that when he pulsed his breath like that, uh, 
the reaction was profound on the script chart recorder with the uh, with the plant. And so he incorporated this breathing with use of crystals. And he did that with a colleague at IBM that had a back injury and it alleviated his back injury. And so he relentlessly was trying to find out how can we make this more of a scientific observable thing. And so what he did was he um, had a dream and the dream was and uh, here, here's a picture, here's uh, not a picture, <laughs> this is the actual crystal uh, of, it's like a dipyramidal crystal that was patterned after the, after the tree of life, where in the tree of life, you have at the top of, you have the unmanifest that comes into manifestation down into the earthly realm, into manifestation. And so one side of the crystal is like a, 52 degree angle, which is the, the feminine or receiving end. The other side is the male protruding end, which is uh, at a more acute angle. And the energy, the crystal has to be not all crystals that they call them Vogel cut crystals, not all are actual Vogel cut because they have to be precisely cut so that the C axis or growth axis is exactly in line with from tip to tip. So the energy, it spirals. And this is why crystals are resonant on multiple dimensions and act as a dimensional bridge during the healing process, which is, a, I won't go into the whole thing, but it has to do with, with the breath and working with an individual and able to couple the dimensions into the person's energetic field and and incredible incredible uh instantaneous uh things would happen this is a he started with a four-sided crystal this one he cut as a as a gift for me for getting the crystals from the mines i traveled all the way to arkansas and then they the number of sides on the crystal this one has has eight sides and what happens is it has more of a spin, a spiral. The energy spirals through, and the more sides on it has more reflections to spin. And then, you know, they keep progressing, and they went to, uh, you know, 16 sides, like that. And so it's essentially the same. And uh, so... Uh, and moving on to the uh, onto the camera, but you know, in, incredible things. And I, when I first met him, I I drove up through a storm from San Diego to San Jose, knocked on his door, and he let me in and ha have a seat <laughs> with his doctor on the couch. Turned off all the lights and played this classical music piece for about a half hour, and then uh, and I and then we stopped. I said, you know, um, Doctor Vogel, I, I I've heard about your work. Uh, I mean, it's fascinated to find out more about what you're doing. And so what, what brought this interest of mine? Uh, I'd like to share with something that happened before all this, which was uh, extraterrestrial, interdimensional. I don't know. Was it, was it actual scientific information that this being uh, while I was having this Kundalini experience uh, was conveying to me, or was it just symbolic? I, I don't know, but uh, 
I'll, I'll share what happened in 19... Now, I haven't had anything like this happen. I've heard of many times where people have had like a Kundalini opening experience where they had, you know, millions of volts going through their hands or feet. And all of a sudden, they're, they're writing a book or something driven with passion. This experience put this incredible passion in me to try to understand everything I could about the relationship of geometry and consciousness. And which, you know, led, you know, leads you into, you know, the folklore of, of crystals and, you know, how diverse cultures across, you know, going back to Atlantis, the Indians and, and, and India, uh, they all have special attributes for this clear rock, right? <laughs> but they all like similar uh, spiritual attributes. And so there's what it is, it's a scientific it, we don't have the measurable scientific array of equipment in order to fully understand it as yet, but there's, I like to call it indications that this is an advanced science that we will learn in the future why a crystal does what it does, why it couples multiple dimensions together. And so, um, let's see, i go and, and share a screen. Okay. Uh, now, with my limited Photoshop skills, I attempted to recreate this experience. So it's not exact. That's the best I could do. Okay. Uh, what happened was the uh, a lady was I was going out with running a metaphysical bookstore in San Diego. Uh, she decided to do a past life regression on me, but it turned out to be completely different. Uh, that was planned. Um, and I had these millions of volts going through my hands and my feet. And she was saying, she was very psychic. She was saying, this being is teach you something this lifetime. And so I'm having, I, what it felt like was they needed to raise my vibrational energetic frequency up high enough so that the being could even, he had the <laughs> go down i had to go up in order to meet halfway in order to convey some information and so um i found myself on a <laughs> i know this sounds bizarre but it, on another planet with like kind of pinkish skies and geometrical buildings and it went underground there was this being with incredible i can't state this enough incredible love radiating from its eyes and as I observed, and this was very highly lucid. This was with my eyes closed. I could see this very lucidly. Uh, the being projected a sphere in space. And as I, as I observed the sphere, I've got to get this timed right. <laughs> as I observed the sphere, I started to notice geometries. The first one looked like a... Um, a star tetrahedral or Merkur, Merk, Merkaba, <laughs> rather, uh, geometry into another with, you know, dodecahedrons, isosahedrons, and that turned back into the perfect sphere. And it, it went into infinity. And keep in mind, I had no idea what platonic solids were. I did not have any knowledge of sacred geometry at this time. So this was like totally new and fascinating to me. 
I mean, mo most high school kids, you know, had geometry. This is like nothing new, right? But this was completely fascinating to me. It's like, wow. this. And so I tried to grab every book I can back at the time to find out that, oh, my God, yeah, the platonic solids, uh, you know, tetrahedron, the cube, isosahedron, the decahedron, they all fit one into the other. The, uh, yeah, the geometry, the points of one geometry frequency, each geometry has its own frequency, all fit and it fits into like a, a matrix. And within this uh, sort of like the flower of life, in this hexagonal type matrix, you have all these different geometries that can form. Uh, Nassim Harimin, uh, he, who I conveyed this story to back in 2001, he says, I, I sh we were meeting with a bunch of scientists and inventors, had, had horror stories. And he said, uh, I, I was compelled. He showed me an energy device on his laptop that was using a half sphere that was powering a light bulb. And I shared with him my experience. He says, yes, that's it. That's exactly it. That's the structure of the matrix. And so here's a 64 tetrahedral grid, which, you know, here's in a, in a 3D, it's like they're little spheres, but if you project it flat into a 2D, it turns into the flower of life. And in, uh, in the science of uh, psionics, uh, not psionics, uh, chimatics. Yes, thank you. <laughs> they found out. Cymatics, it's pronounced cymatics. Everything is oscillation, and the geometry forms, the forms are, you know, I, I learned this many, 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 many years afterward, I had, you know, no knowledge. And I found that uh, these geometry forms are made up of nothing but standing waves of oscillation, and it gives the appearance of physicality, but it's actually oscillations. And, and then I found that, you know, this is just some notes I've taken over the time that it seems that all the, all the elements in the periodic table are all based on a tetrahedral geometry structure. And then I really found that the, uh, the DNA is the uh, decahedral structures, which the decahedral structures have golden mean harmonics, the, uh, the 21, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the 20 standard amino acids are all organized within this decahedral structure. Uh, throughout life, we have the golden mean, our bodies are made up of this, of this ratio. Um, then the planets, the sun, the moon, Jupiter, Saturn, all of them have these star tetrahedral structures within them. And they also have isosahedron and dodecahedral structures. This is the, the Russians discovered the, the dodecahedral grid. Um, and even the planetary orbits, the planetary orbits are based on these geometries. And they find out that the uh, entire galaxy, to the smallest proton, to the galaxy and to the, to the entire universe, there's this fractal relationship uh, between it all. This is uh, from the work of Nassim Harimin. Um, and, you know, everybody's familiar with, uh, where a lot of people are familiar with the work of Dr. Emoto, where he took uh, water and flash froze it at the moment of freezing 
And it's so sensitive that it captures the crystallization of the energy patterns that are, uh, and, and the basis of this matrix that we're in is love. And you can see the, the structure of compassion, thank you, wisdom, and so forth, versus you fool, I'll kill you, you know, heavy metal music or whatever, um, you know, has a, has a dis, dis, destructuring capability. Now, water, now they discovered into the uh, dig, digging into the deep ice core samples in Antarctica, when they brought them out, they found that all the seven major classes of geometry are formed in water. In other words, water, the geometry within it is like a universal resonator for all forms. And no wonder, you know, you you look for water on other planets to, as the building blocks of life. Why are why is it a building blocks of life? Because it supports all universally all geometries. Um, and quartz is also hexagonal and has a tetrahedral geometry in it, similar to water. The uh, as it grows naturally, and interestingly, quartz all these facets that come up, they're all at exactly 52 degree angles. Now, why is that significant? What angle is the Great Pyramid? It's at a 52 degree angle, 51.827, you know, very close. <laughs> and if you measure the sides of the angle of the Great Pyramid, it comes out to one to the golden mean ratio, which means that the golden mean ratio is the only ratio other than pi that goes into infinity. Um, and so it, it, it speaks of the nature of the matrix that we're in is one that goes fractally into infinity in the macro and microcosm. Now, uh, Dr. Vogel was able to uh, take some, uh, one of the experiments we did was with a winery in Northern California and take a rock gut wine and he took uh, and put a fine finished vibration into the crystal and the crystal, the quartz communicates to the water in the wine and was able to convert thousands of gallons into a California award-winning wine. How does that happen? Um, if you look at the if you look at the common bonding angle of water, it's 26 degrees. What's two times 26? 52. What is the intermolecular bonding angle of water? It's 104.5. What's half of that? It's around 52 degrees. And so what we have is a, in electronics, when you have a signal, say you have a signal at, at three megahertz, for example, you're going to have another signal at six megahertz. You're going to have another signal at nine megahertz, you know, across the spectrum. In other words, these are what are called harmonics. And with, uh, with radionics, which you're familiar with as well, um, you have dials in which you tune into the vibration. Within a circle, the entire universe can be tuned into. But what they do is they break it into dials so that you have more of a fine tune breaking it into. And what I call this is angular harmonic resonance. In other words, the water molecule was angular, angularly harmonically resonant with that within the quartz crystal structure to convey the information from the quartz crystal over to the water. Um, 
This is actually the Delaware holographic camera, the inside the dialing, which had also a time spiral, the tune backwards and forwards in the time. And, you know, you have to look about the pineal gland, you know, it was about looking like a fractal antenna. Now you're saying you turned water into wine. No, 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 no. The wine was already wine, but it was like a poor quality wine. Oh, okay. And okay, so clarify that. he you're put the, the vibrational essence of a finely, a fine finished wine and the vibration of that, as he did seven right-hand turns spiraling around it, conveyed the energy that was resonating in the quartz into the water. Everything has water. Our bodies are mostly water. The right. wine is mostly water. And so it changed the structuring of it. And then the, the, the wine connoisseur, you know, it's like, a, this is a, uh, you know, it, it turned in, it won a California award. So wow. it was that improved. So it's like when people receive downloads, I don't know when you receive downloads, if you experience it, but people report it's in geometry, it's in light, it's in codes, it's in pictures. And we know that sound changes form because of the chymatics or cymatics. Uh, Cymatics, yeah. And I also did two previous uh, shows just for people who aren't quite sure all the stuff we're talking about. I did one called Plant Whispering, which tells you all the research done with plants. And I did uh, one on water. Is water intelligent? And uh, so that will get you up to speed on that. That's on my old show, Super Soul Solutions. Um, That's an in-depth subject is water. Uh, each one you're talking about is an in-depth, <laughs> is an in-depth subject. Yeah. So, um, so it's, it's an angle. So it's, so, so it's a combination of an angle. It's a combination of the power of seven. Like not necessarily the power of seven, but that's what he, he was used as a transfer. And Marcel always used to say to me, you know, because I had a good um, physics, electronics, engineering background, everything. He said that the sciences that we're working here on the laboratory are akin to those that we know in normal physics. They're, they're similar to, but they're not exactly to. They're, they're, they're different. Um, and so when in a, you and I are both familiar with radionic instruments, I built a number of them, Hieronymus, Copen designs and so forth. Um, <laughs> that's another long story how I got into that one. What radi radionics are. Yeah, radionics. Radionics is a uh, goes back to ancient Egypt. It's a tuning focus for the mind. It's an extension of your consciousness, and it's basically an extension of the operator itself, who's operating the instrument. And how they achieve resonance is through tuning these dials. And the dials are a particular angle, and just as in the water, had had its own, you know angles within the geometry of the water structure the quartz had its angles and these angles are multiples of it and in um as in radio broadcasting uh when you're transmitting on one frequency there is uh harmonics that are generated and that information is transferred over onto onto other uh that are that for example i when i was a broadcast engineer <laughs> for the most powerful fm station on the west coast um 
there was interference because our transmitter, 151,000 watts, was transmitting and at we're 105.3 on the FM dial and at two, 206 megahertz. It was interfering with the uh, I think it was an aircraft frequency or something. And what I had to do with a spectrum analyzer is isolate and find out where the heck this was. We found out there was a piece of metal that was resonating on the second harmonic of that and rebroadcasting it. And so once we were able to identify that, we were able to nullify it. And so it was no longer broadcasting the harmonic. In other words, the radio station you could tune to, uh, although it was on 140, 103.5 on your FM dial, it was being broadcast at 206, perfectly clear. You could hear the music and everything because the second harmonic was conveying the information that was going to end. And so with the quartz, when you, when you program now, um, Stanford Research did a, uh, where they found that they could program a hologram into a crystal. Yeah. And so in three dimensions. And so when you have that information programmed into the crystal lattice structure, um, it's resonating. And that resonation can be conveyed through angular harmonic resonance into the water molecule. And that's how the wine was changed into, you know, its, its molecular structure was changed. Let me share a really brief experience. I um, had the privilege of being exposed to what's called the Martha uh, Hedges skull. And there are 12 uh, sacred ancient, ancient crystal skulls of different stones all around the world that the Incans and the uh, ancient ones and Aztecs recognized. Uh, I wasn't attracted to any of them other than Martha Hedges. It seemed the most peaceful. And I was able to um, be in a small group around a table. It was also the clearest. So it was totally clear when we started. And this also gets into understanding intention, right? Like the intention, but the frequencies I was emanating. So uh, what happened is it started scrying over, which is a term for, you know, kind of these white clouds inside it. It's a huge actual skull with a moving jaw. And, um, and depending on who what it was in front of and, mm -hmm. and sharing information, it would start making pictures of their past lives. Mm. <laughs> DNA resonance. Yes. With me, it brought up, you know, spaceships and this and centers with someone else that brought up uh, slavery and war times. And I mean, it was fascinating. And then it would go back to being clear. And when uh, Martha was a little girl and her dad, who's a famous archaeologist, anthropologist, um, discovered this, he sent her down into a hole because he saw this you know, whole thing. And then something like the stories within two weeks um, or less, like Mayans and Aztecs showed up all over <laughs> and said, that is ours. And her father said, oh, and actually offered it back to them, which is really rare. And mm -hmm. they, in turn, said, because of your integrity, we want you to have it and take with mm -hmm. it and learn from it. So um, is that kind of what we're talking about is certain frequencies used with crystals as I don't even know the names, transducers or um, multiplies, you know, like like how would that be related to what you're talking about? 
Well, it just so happens uh, Dr. Vogel worked with the, the Michael Hedges uh, skull. Oh, there you go. And um, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a bit of information on that. Uh, he believed, it's his belief, that um, the older adept would transfer his wisdom of, of his knowledge into that, into the you know, the young neophyte that was just coming in and it would be like a, an information transfer device is what, what Marcel believed. Marcel also worked with a, with a doctor that I knew well, and my brother actually stayed with him for a couple of weeks, uh, Dr. Ray Brown, who uh, discovered in the Bermuda Triangle during a fit, uh, salvaging operations, a storm happened. It's a long story. I'll make it, I'll make it very short. Um, he went into the pyramid, yeah. and in the pyramid was this room, and there was so the whole. He said when he went in, the, the all every there was light coming from everywhere, and uh, but he couldn't determine where it was coming from. And in this room, there was seven chairs, one little higher than the other, like maybe the leader of the group. And in the center was a uh, pedestal. And in this pedestal were these two hands were holding a, uh, a crystal sphere that was about the size of a, of a tennis ball. And coming down from the ceiling of the pyramid was a golden rod. And at the tip was a, like a red ruby tipped, uh, I don't know what material it was, but it was red and it was pointing down and it looked like, uh, it looked like intense energy. The energy looked like it was burned around, around the base of it, like it was incredible energy. As though these mines in Atlantis were doing an, an agreed upon reality and affecting and, and being connected through the pyramid you know, this is this is technology of Atlantis, so this is incredible. Anyway, he was able to, uh, he had the sphere, and uh, you know, I took pictures of it and things like that. And uh, Marcel worked with it. It was uh, featured in uh, In Search of with Leonard Nimoy, you know, Mr. Spock, um, and uh, talking about it, about the incredible energy that was coming off. And it was like these pyramid structures. And it was like, no way. Uh, the way the quartz was formed that anybody could produce this. But uh, anyway, it goes into a, into a long story. Um, yeah, so this is ancient, ancient science going back with, with quartz crystals that the ancients understood what this was. Um, well, and they hold records in the inner earth. They're used as record keepers too. The ability to... You know, you make makes you wonder if the med beds are utilizing some form of crystals in order to capture holographically a, a person's energy going all the way back to the point of conception, because only because the lattice structure, if it's if it's pure, goes you know practically into infinity. But I'll share one more experience. It was a weird year, 1977. It was because I had this older lady friend that had contact with space beings, and I was talking with her, and I wanted to, it was my intention 
have communication. I drove out to the property I had in San Diego. I wanted him to come down in his craft and, and meet, but that goes into a whole long, crazy story. But anyway, uh, one day I came home from work and uh, laid down and I was on board this craft. And now, sure, I've got take, taken into another, another dimension. Let's see. This is a cool story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. This, again, this is my primitive Photoshop skills. Um, there was a whole bunch of these little guys and they were all friendly and they were like childlike, but they were like wise old men. And they had one guy that was taller and he came up to a console and it felt like, um, it felt like this spinning sensation, uh, like as though I was on a, uh, as if you're on a chair and you have this great big motor underneath and somebody has a speed control and they start out slowly and then they start increasing the, uh, the speed on it faster and faster and faster. I mean, it got so fast, so spinning, this spinning sensation that, um, I at one point I said I I can't handle this at this level. I turned this over to my higher self, and at that point, I it's as though I got transferred from three D to five D. I was on top of this uh, like my background uh, on top of this, this beautiful mountaintop that was like a beautiful spring day, and there was this beautiful flute music playing in the background. It was like this incredible euphoric experience to the highest. It was like, I, I can't put into words how exalted the consciousness felt. And, I, you know, I was very much, you know, digging on this and <laughs> was going on. Um, and as I uh, observed the reality, the reality started to flicker and pulsate as though I could and before I knew it I I found myself inside of like an old time movie theater where you could actually see the flickering of the movie movie frames and you know both of these experiences I felt like as though they were teaching me something teaching me something about the structure of the matrix and consciousness um, and so as I'm observing this reality, it's like, as you see something, you recognize it, you experience it, and then it like, it re you recreate, it's like this feedback loop that's happening of acknowledging it, and then it creates it. And when you create it, you acknowledge it. And then when you acknowledge it, you recreate it. And it's like this, this uh, in between the pulses of creation, uh, much like a... Uh, much like a film, you know, was projecting. Um, and I just humorously, <laughs> you know, said, okay, what's the name of this movie, you know? And then it wrote across the screen in beautiful script, A Journey of a Mystic. And then I realized that, uh, wow, I'm at this exalted state of consciousness. I know my body I was fully aware my body is back on the bed. And I said, I bet I could open my eyes and bring this consciousness into my body. And I did. It was as though I was looking at the world through the eyes of a child with a complete 
um, amazement and absorption and innocence of, of, of the world. And, you know, it lasted for, you know, a half hour, hour, whatever. And then, you know, like I got to go back to work and got to pay bills, you know, the usual <laughs> earth, earth, earth ideas that come back in. But, uh, but those two experiences, this latter one, um, Marcel used to say there was an oscillation in the mind that is going on. And it's as though when you, when you look at a uh, fluorescent light, it's actually flickering off and on 60 times a second, going on, off, on, off. But the eye can only discern 30 times a second. So it appears to be solidly on. Just like the reality and matter around us appears to be solidly on, but it's actually oscillating. And if we raise our frequency up, you can see in between those pulses of creation that are forming the reality that we're experiencing. And that's what I believe they were showing me. Oh, my God, Dan. That's so cool. Okay, because this is what I really wanted to get into today. This was 1977. I didn't have any idea about, you know, <laughs> any of this stuff. You know, this was like uh, totally, you know, I'd say it alien to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like hacking the matrix in a, in a way, you know, but um, here's the thoughts that come to me um, without being an electrician. And I want you is the power of being of pulsed stuff I hear over and over again. So you were saying that Marcel Vogel with the crystal, when he pulsed his breath. Right. Would create with intention. With right. And you're saying that, re oh, yes, with intention, which is it key. It starts the crystal lattice oscillating. Okay. And then we can apply that to bump, 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 bump that you're seeing, which is a pulsing on the screen. Now, this screen metaphor, I adore. And I first heard about it. It's so fascinating that you had an actual experience of it because I heard about it through Bashar and other teachings. And I just kind of, totally grok to it i hadn't had an experience of it but i grok to it that um this is how it was kind of said and you correct me is basically the light going okay there's a projector this is the old days folks where we had frames <laughs> you know in mm -hmm. film and then we had a projector and we had light coming through it and we had a blank screen you know in the movie thing so if i remember this right the metaphor was the light was like creation or energy coming through mm -hmm. and then the projector was us with our intention our experience yeah okay so i want you to talk about that and then the screen is actually blank but we project onto it so Correct. so talk about that as a something that people once they grow can really apply in their life as how creating actually happens through your lesson in your personal experience that you received well like the like the quartz crystal which is uh hexagonal it's like a six-pointed star where the dot 
the, the star of creation from Pythagoras used to be a six-point star with a dot in the center. That's exactly the mac, the matrix structure of within the crystal. And if you if, if you're into a Cult, you see the ancient occult writings, the standards you talk about, a hexagonal matrix where this, this, the, the seventh point in the center is actually the spirit or manifestation creation. And so the crystal is made up of a positive, uh, negative male, female, the, the polarities. And when you squeeze a crystal, what happens is these charge centers of positive and negative create thousands of volts. That's how you piezoelectric effect. And so this also works for creating and impregnating uh, a, a thought or uh, whatever into the matrix, like a Stanford could, could program a hologram into it. Um, the... Um, Yeah, with with the crystal, you know, with the healing process, you you first you link, you become one with the crystal, you resonate with it, you you pulsate it, you connect it with your DNA, and uh, and then when you work with somebody else, there, you found that there's an angle which f- forms a resonance with the other person's DNA, and that in that connection. Um, everything has to do with love. <laughs> love is everything, you know. Um, it's the glue. <laughs> and, yeah, and 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 through the breath, uh, and ask and you shall receive. When you ask in your mind's eye, just be, they say you have a pain in your body, something that's bothering you. You ask to be shown in your mind's eye, where is the root cause? Where is the source of this? Where show me? And you will get in, you will get an answer. And it may come in, in different forms, a geometry, a feeling, an emotion, or whatever it is. Not don't, no, don't judge. And you can lock onto that. And with the crystal healing, what that does is it bridges the dimensions, as I said in 1984, that you know, the higher formative forms the 3d pattern if you pull out the higher formative pattern the 3d form you know you pull out the rug out from under it it doesn't exist and so we're like a projection from the higher from our soul into our 3d form that we have here and so when you go when you connect at that higher and that's what crystals do as elena denan you know spoke about how uh these arcs and these ships are crystalline and where they're resonating in multiple dimensions at 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 the same time not just in 3d you're on multiple dimensions are resonating because of the because of the the structure of the matrix my my burning passion was to understand what is the what is the structure what's the geometry structure of the matrix which you know appears to be hexagonal and you know like goes along a lot with uh, nasim was saying um and you know come to think of it i forgot to finish the story about when i drove through a storm to see marcel and i saw fascinated about the work you do um and i sat back down on the couch and a knock on the door was woman heard about him helping and healing people had incredible success one doctor actually had his sight restored uh brought her daughter 
And he, she had this tumor that was sticking out about half to three quarters of an inch out of her ankle. And in front of the doctor and I, we watched him as he did the procedure with the crystal and his breath and had the, you know, did the whole thing. It dematerialized in front of our eyes. And that left a lasting impression that I understood this man understood something about the structuring of the matrix and how through the crystals he was able to bridge that with love you know and and bring it back into its its holographic healed pattern which is what the uh med beds do basically uh and but this is done you know with human intent uh with using crystals and it doesn't have to be you know you can just get or the Indians have used crystals and you know, it's the size of your little finger. You, you can spend a dollar or something like that. All crystals have this matrix within them that couples to the collective matrix in which is connected to everything. It's sort of, since it's akin to those that we know of normal science, when you have a, um, um, in, in radio broadcasting, when you have a, a phased array, which is, multiple antennas that like harp up in alaska you have this repetitive thing of a and it has to be spaced by a specific wavelength every time you have a new one it adds another three decibel of gain and so it keeps multiplying and so by the time you get done with all these antennas you have this huge amount of energy that's being broadcast the same with a crystal a crystal is a phased array you could say that is in universal resonance with this matrix that we are in the same with water as well um so um universal solvent you know the water yeah it is a universal solvent because it resonates with all forms Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um i've studied easy or fourth phase water do you you know about that right what kind of water it's called fourth phase or easy water and it's um we'll talk about that on another show i already did a a show on it and it's a water i sell but it's advanced the astronauts use it top secret uses it and it has it seems to have two properties where it goes from like a liquid to a crisp a kind of a liquid you can't tell the difference by drinking except this particular water divinia that i drink is really pure and it goes through 18 cleansing situations, and then it's fed a frequency so that it never loses its voltage or anything else. But that's a topic for another time. Mm. But where my mind's going with that is a lot of the witnesses on a med bed, when they weren't put totally out, said it appears they use water. And I'm convinced, Makes sense. I'm convinced kind of a combination of just you and my experience with water and the experiments done with the Vinya water and Missouri Moto's work um, that you're dealing with something, the water, more intelligent water that can phase shift or whatever you want to call it into liquid or a fourth phase, like a, a kind of a crystalline thing. Yeah, it's- well, there's four, four phases of water. Yeah, it's a, it's a liquid. It's a solid with eyes. It's steam. Yeah. And it's a liquid crystal, which is kind of a phase between the the two. And as you know, when you structure water and it's a, you know, pristine hexagonal form, it's it's highly healthy for you to take in. Like I'm, I'm drinking structured water here. Yeah. 
um, that uh, the body, the, because it's already in its hexagonal geometry, which is resonant with all the geometries, your, your, your liver, your organs, your heart, your skin, your everything takes that water in and it's, it's, um, it's more uh, assimilable Yes. Uh, because it's it, it's versus, you know, unstructured bulk water. Right. One thing that Marcel did as an experiment that was interesting, he took a sacred spring that was like from the Lord's France, mm -hmm. that uh, highly high energy. Center, and he had like a big vat of uh, bulk water, which is un, unpatterned, put a couple of drops in it. Now he could take any part of that water and they all have that, that high energy structure. So it's interesting that there's a lesson here that the higher energy structure patterns the lower. Absolutely. But if you had a, a vat of high energy structured water and you put some drops of unstructured water, unstructured water becomes like the energetic structure. And so consciousness is like that. And so when we, we are all fractally connected, like is in an ocean of consciousness in a way that when we, it, it has a means of replicating. Uh, and so basically love and higher vibrations has a, um, it overcomes the, you know, lower vibrational uh, energies. So it has that, it, love has that power that uh that you know uh it's disorganized a, one of the higher frequencies highest frequencies so to speak yeah correct correct yeah and it's so beyond it just emotion it's like the essence of which we're made out of in a certain way it's not just emotion it, you know it is and it's interesting what you're saying is that i didn't know that the med beds used water that makes perfect sense i don't think all of them do but i want you to tell me what your take is on that but most of the witnesses i'll go was there a kind of water elena said when she got regenerated she said all i remember is there was water underneath me and then three other people have said that well, it makes perfect sense when you understand that water in, in its pure form, you know, resonates with everything. Yeah. And so if they're using, as uh, Randy Kramer and Alex Collier says, projecting and oscillating this water, when you oscillate it, it creates the, uh, the physical physical form and the camera that i worked on one of the things that they did was they used a small target amount of lead and they, they tuned the resonant frequency of lead and they broadcasted that using a and this camera used sound oscillators and and things that you know through sound and that's kind of what what alex Goddard was saying is that they use sound and light and this mm -hmm. camera did the same thing although it's highly primitive compared to in comparison but it was able to increase in mass measured before and after which shows that it was able to precipitate from the ethers into uh physical formation because form. so cool because higher frequency trumps lower and, and I see it as kind of the light, energetic, holographic blueprint that the physical form eventually adheres to, you know, or, or is fashioned after. You would have better words for this. But so. Resonance. Yeah. yeah the resonance. Like Randy Kramer says, it's a harmonic, 
harmonic resonance. It's dominant harmonic. Dominant meaning they broadcast and it's louder. The frequent the, the signal is louder of the of the of the more optimal healthy pattern is dominant. It's more it's it's louder, it's a higher signal. And so what happens is the the structure aligns with that. Yes. And so the arm is returned, the leg is returned, you're you're returned uh, back to your 20 years old. Why don't you tell about the patent that you discovered, which is why you first contacted me after seeing Alex Collier in my med bed? Well, yeah, when we connected, because that show you did, um, <laughs> I, uh, I didn't discover the patent, but uh, one of the projects that uh, Marcel brought me in on was, along with two other scientists, was to, uh, this camera was built back in, let's go ahead and go back to the slide uh, show here. Okay. Um, and uh, went over crystals a little bit. Uh, this is a camera. This is back in the 1955. It was patent in the uh, European Patent Office in Paris, France. This is a holographic camera that could tune through time. Um, this, uh, by the way, if you want to go into in-depth research and lab notes on this whole thing, uh, go to marcelvogel.org. It's a website I did in his honor to uh, kind of uh, do a mind dump on all the lab notes and everything. So to share with others that are interested. Um, this camera, like here is a photograph out of this camera. Uh, this is a, a fetus inside of a woman that's 50 miles away that using a drop of blood to tune into the fetus within her holographic field. And they were able to tune it backwards and forwards in the time to show the progression of the, uh, of the baby and, and the mother. Um, and thousands of photographs were made with this camera. And it was patented by the European Patent Office in Paris, France, in 1955. And uh, marcelvogel.org, you can look at the whole patent. And I tried to do a, a French to English translation. Um, now, the Delaware camera, the fundamentals that how this camera operated, the science behind it is just what they're talking about in the med beds. Uh, this device, keep in mind, is extremely prim primitive, uh, and but it, yet it demonstrates the principles, uh, some of the principles established, and this camera could not work if these were not true, is that a single drop of blood from the DNA frequency of an individual is entangled regardless of time and space. That's why the woman was like 50 miles away and is a fractal representation of the holographic whole of that individual. In other words, in your hair, your fingernails, your blood, any, any little part of you, in that little part of you is the entire body of you, everything. Those are the DNA frequency that people in voodoo know about this. You know? uh, sound and light can be used as a vehicle to recreate this holographic pattern. And that's what this camera used. It used both sound and light 
in order to the information was traveling on the sound that was creating the holographic form. The time is a tunable vector within this magnetic spectrum and the spectrum within the hologram has a place in itself for events in time in order to tune into to go forwards and backwards in the time like Alex Collier was talking about the slides that where they took the part that was most optimal and combined them in the incredibly crazy advanced technology that they have. Uh, Delaware himself, who developed the camera, said, quote, time is a vector of the magnetic spectrum, and that spectrum has in itself a place for events. There is a pre-physical world in which the camera might be expected to operate, and that's what it was operating in, is in a higher higher etheric realm of the uh my involvement of this now keep in mind this was 19 um this was like 19 1950s technology you can imagine 30 years later in the 1980s electronics uh transistors uh, across the board science had gone leaps and bounds from 1950s to 1980s. You know what Alex said? Um, he said every year now, the technology advances 40 years, at least in secret projects, like that fast of, you know, advancement. Oh, oh yeah. Every, it's, every it's, year of time, like. Ex know. It's exponential. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what I was, um, brought in for because of my uh, experience with radionics, my experience with electronic engineering. I was working at the Naval Electronic Engineering Center for 13 years and all the government's electronic equipment, stuff like that. So I had a pretty extensive electronics background. What my job was, was to, instead of taking one photograph at a time, and you have to take the photograph and you have to develop it, and it's this long, tedious process, why not have it in real time so you could see it actually, the hologram being projected in real time rather than have to take photographs like they did back in the 1950s. So the, the, uh, the mission I chose to accept was to fully understand the mechanisms of this camera and how it worked. In, uh, in researching it, I found that the, uh, it had... Some of the cavities, of the sound cavities, had uh, dimensions that were the same that were in the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid and some golden section harmonics. So it was like a resonance of the sound resonators, and we'll get into that. But first, let's just look at what is a hologram. Everything is holographic, according to what Alex Collier is saying. Um, and that what we're experiencing in the 3D realm that our five senses sense is basically standing wave patterns that give the appearance of physicality. And uh, like here's, here's a butterfly, for example, that's, look, you look at it in different angles and it looks like it's real, but it's actually a hologram. And how that's created is you take a laser and you split the beam into two beams one is not interfered with. The other one is interfered with with the object. And what happens when the two beams collide, the difference, the phase angle difference, creates in space, in 3D, the illusion 
of a physical object called a hologram. And so that's how the camera basically worked. The, the red and green are my uh, additions to, uh, to point out how it was brought into three sections. Uh, one was the subject you were tuned into, such as the mother with the baby. The other was the operator, such as, you know, Delaware himself. And the other one was tuned into Earth. And so these had um, magnetic rotating uh, that, would, that would tune into the resonance of the particular DNA. The radionic dials would tune into the, uh, the fetus. Uh, the energy oscillators or sound oscillators in this. And the three sound oscillators would carry that vibration of the DNA frequency and project it upward into an upper cavity that had these lenses and reflectors that would reflect the energy back onto. And what, what was happening was in this area was projected a three-dimensional hologram of what we're tuning into, but we could only, because the, the the sensitive silver emulsion on the film could only capture a slice of that. And so we're only seeing like a 2D of a 3D projection. Um, here, uh, these are actual photos I took of the, of the camera. Here's the uh, radionic dials. There is tuning and using a crystal there. These are, these you would rotate into resonance. Uh, this is inside the camera. These round objects were sound oscillators and these sound oscillators resonated into the cavities in which the radionic dials were attuned to. So these subtle vibrations that the radionic instrument was attuned to would be carried on the sound and projected up into the um, up into the upper cavity. And uh, it was beautifully machined out of brass. You can see the, the radionic dials here. This was the time spiral. Unlike, uh, I'm sure you've seen different radionic instruments, but this would, yeah, it's like seven, <laughs> seven turns. Once again, the seven turns. Yeah. Marcel was using with the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, maybe, maybe start it from here. One, two, three. Yeah. Uh, and up above in the upper chamber, you can see these are reflectors and lenses that projected the energy onto the photographic plate right here. And this was a polarizer, which would change the phase angle. And so like the hologram that we spoke of earlier, it's a matter of phase relationships in order to see the, see the image. Now, the uh, Journal of, of Theoretics, they did an analysis of this and they titled the, the paper called The Empirical Evidence Supporting Macroscale Quantum Holography in Non-Local Events with the Delaware Camera. And so what they were able to do is found that within the photograph, it was actually three-dimensional. And what they did was they have a, a computer program that could take the lights and darks and show how this was actually a three-dimensional image that's being projected. And you can see the, uh, the, the structuring here. And so this, uh, this camera, 
was able to take a drop of blood, resonate with the frequency, project it holographically, the hologram that was being projected, and thousands of photographs were made of this. It was patent. You don't get a patent unless it works, unless it can be demonstrated. And able to tune through time this holographic field, which is exactly what Alex Collier is talking about. But this is an extremely primitive, um, primitive uh, <laughs> device that these beings that are thousands or millions of years in advance that have given the secret space program these technologies that are incredible, that can do away with our corrupt medical system, uh, you know, so we're giving some substantiation that, you know, this is, this is not just science fiction. This is something that has it's been patented back in 1955. Okay. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the camera before I ask you another question? Um, that's, that's basically it. Um, the camera disappeared. <laughs> of course. But we have, we have all the information. And, uh, you know, but, you know, you know, younger researchers and stuff could, could pick this up if they wanted to. But my thought is, you know, why reinvent the wheel? We have super advanced technologies that, you know, have to do with energy generation, um, space travel, healing, you know, across the board in all areas of science that are just waiting awaiting for the deceptions to be removed so that people can see that our planet has been technologically hijacked for decades and that we should be at a place that, you know, we have anti-gravity vehicles going to other planets. Um, people have, can live, add hundreds of years onto their life. Uh, you don't have to go through all this uh, early aging sickness uh you know situation that we have on earth that all this could be alleviated and it sounds like too good to be true it sounds like too much of a science fiction too much of a stretch for a lot of people but the evidence is there and you and i have both interviewed a lot of these uh witnesses in the secret space program but I've, you know i've never heard about the water and that water makes perfect sense because all you'd have to do is take a universal medium and what more universal is there than water and oscillate it to reform the physical structure. Yes. And then as, as Randy said, then uh, he said that you're probably because of love and coherence is the cells in your body, which for all of us feel so solid all the time, but aren't want to actually go to the healthy blueprint to the healthier. Oh, yes. Yeah, we naturally... That's where we That's naturally are inclined to move toward. Um, theoretically, you know, we should never die. We should be able to regenerate ourselves. But that's not the situation here on planet Earth with all the toxins and right. um, corrupt medical and everything else. <laughs> but we have all the solutions. And that's what I want people to know so that they yes. focus on it as co-creators. They We demand it our consciousness can handle it we're not so awed by it <laughs> so that we we allow it into our reality you know and claim it and want it and research it so this is where people like you who've actually 
been working on so many, you know, radionics and all that kind of stuff uh, comes in so useful. Now, two things, two things that I want like takeaways for people is one, uh, for those that love working with crystals and um, I, I want to know exactly the breath and the seven degrees. So you basically came to Vogel, folks, he came to Vogel, went through a whole storm, <laughs> right? Which went a huge right. storm. 100, 100 right? mile per hour gusts over the Golden Gate Bridge when I came up. It was like a, yeah, a storm at late night and knocked on this door. And it was like a right. start of the journey. Yeah. And then Vogel's there. He's never met Vogel. He invites him in. There's another man there. There's a doctor. And then the first thing he has, like, hi. And then he turns on classical music and he turns off the lights. Mm -hmm. Correct? Right. Okay which is a little unusual <laughs> he was a little eccentric uh but he was he was a profound genius offer you know a pie or something <laughs> you know right <laughs> and then um do you want to share with or not share what he said to you oh this is silly you know he first thing he ever said to me he says you're from another planet aren't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know how silly that and is. And I said, I don't know about that. You know, I don't, I, yeah. I'm yeah. not remembering past lives and all this stuff or being on another planet. All I know is that, you know, it's, it's all about love, but yes. people should be pissed off because they've been deceived yes. for decades. And we have this incredible other world that is only being kept from us due to the secrecy and the structure that has been put in place that we went over in part one of controlling our perception so that you know these advanced sciences are yes. you know being kept from humanity yes absolutely and for people's curiosity to start being ignited and raised you know being less programmed so they're like they can accept this and work with it and see how they could use it in their life and co-create it together so what's your sense do you believe this is a total holographic reality like what and all that you've learned and participated in the gifts you had of those visions and experiences uh and what is your shall we say updated perception of reality i know this is not like a hard question right haha mm -hmm. and and how can that information be used for people to empower themselves well just just a reminder to everyone that our nature is um you know we're made in image and likeness of that which created us which is a creator and we each are creators we create you know we're like you know we have a left and a right and we come together and it's like just like in the quartz crystal you know you have the left and the right we we, we are like that we have this and you know most of the races across the galaxy are bipedal like us uh so it's a very it's a very common form of life throughout the galaxy and since we create, you don't want to be hoodwinked. You don't want to be bamboozled into hijacking your creative consciousness by, 
you know, Hollywood knows how to hijack the consciousness. They know that they put certain imagery into the collective mind. Together, we create our reality according to our perception of reality. And if you want to, if you want to kick it up, if you want to, you know, it's one thing to, to envision. I mean, I'm, I'm already seeing that the, the deep state and the, uh, the, you know, the dark elements of thanks to the galactic federation of worlds have cleared out our solar system. Now, now these people are being exposed more and more people are waking up. And as that happens, um, a lot more is going to be exposed. But right now, you know, it's kind of a crazy period we're going through in this transition. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, if you really wanted to uh, put a blast out there to a creative matrix beside, you know, meditation is good, visualizing, uh, you know, the world, feeling it in your heart and your mind, of the kind of world that you can see. I already see that. I, I see the world that we, we, we're going into. And right now, if you watch the evening news, you won't see that world. But that world is, is coming into manifestation. And uh, one way is to uh, take a crystal. Any, you know, it can be uh, any type. It can be a, um, you know, just a regular quartz crystal. And Form that image really clearly in your mind. See the world. See it as the world, the feeling it has. So that world where we're feeling that the world has been liberated. And mm -hmm. the whole world's being transformed for the good of all humanity. And, and however you want to visualize it is in your own way. But when you see that and you have that clear in your feeling in your heart and your mind and take a deep breath with a crystal and pulse it like that. And then just know that it's so it's okay, done. Now the pulse you're doing it, on the Vogel website, it said you do it through your nose. I've always done it through... So does it matter if you do it? I do it either way. It's a, it's a matter of the, uh, it's, it's a matter of the, the rapid release of breath. Uh, the nose may be the more appropriate. I don't always do things correctly. I don't either. We write the script. Keep yes. in mind that we write the script and we use these tools um, and they are, um, you know, just like the radionic instrument in Delaware's mind, he saw how this instrument was to work, how it functioned. Now, I've had experiences with this before where you visualize how something works and clearly see it, and it is so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's understanding your co-creators, which, um, so you mentioned what Marcel says also is, Man is our humankind, I prefer, is made in the image and likeness of God or source, likeness. Therefore, we create. And our mm -hmm. primary responsibility is to create and to love. 
Yeah, and uh, he said, uh, love is the glue of the universe. Mm -hmm. And when I love you, it enables you to be whole. You know, because the, the true state of everything is love. As the advanced races that are, they're happy. They're in, a high, they're in, the, in the fifth dimension. They're in a loving vibration, but that doesn't mean that they can't kick ass of the Draco. Right. Um, and all was done according to universal law. Yes. And it's, it's refreshing to know that there is universal principles out there that advanced races are, are going by. I, I can see my reality starting to come apart back there. <laughs> I was just noticing. I was going <laughs> to say that behind, behind Dan is actually a demonstration of a fifth density world. And also, folks, I just brought over from my old super soul radio stations a script i wrote and a show we did uh with elena i had her read of a journey that will uh on episode 38 that will take you through a fifth density reality so you can visualize it and then if if you want that for help so because as a creator everything's about intent and focus and then the breath i i'm a big breath person and most people don't breathe at all so, breath is so important because uh, people don't understand it's not just a matter of oxygenating the blood when you inhale you're bringing in information into your body and when you exhale you're transmitting information out it's connected to an information transfer um that is key with using with the crystals and that's what that's what marcel discovered which you know evolved out of his work with uh plant communication yes yes because the plants re responded the strongest to the intention <laughs> you know first relayed right even more than the action sometimes right Absolutely. You know, everything's entangled. Everything's connected. Oh, it's, it's just so cool. It's micro macro. And it's just like, so, so fun. Um, <laughs> something the Andromedan said, uh, I, I want to end uh, with this. But first, I want you to share where people can contact you. Uh, websites, materials, where they can look more into Marcel's crystal stuff if they're interested. Oh, they can contact me and research, and, and I recommend everybody to vet the information for themselves. Uh, MarcelVogel.org is uh, work with Marcel, the crystals, the camera, in-depth going into the camera, how it works. Um, the webmatrix.net goes into things we can't talk about unless <laughs> you get censored, but it also goes into uh, the, the show we did on the part one is called uh, visual timeline of events. You can click on that to go over that, but everything has, has documents and. Uh, it's a, it's a wealth of information. I've gone through both Vogel's and yours and I'm like, Oh my God, this is like <laughs> incredible detail. Um, one of the things the Andromedans said when Alex asked them, and I think that's it's a beautiful thing to close with today, is he said, how do you envision the future of the human race? Right. And they responded, quote, we see you learning and instilling responsible freedom of self-determination, becoming truly self-confident and free. 
to be unconditionally responsible for oneself without being coerced to accept some other higher authority. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, is that like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect time? And then there's a, also a beautiful Rumi quote most people know, but to me, it exemplifies what you've shared with, especially in this uh, second half of part two, which I'm trying to um, remember how, how it goes. Uh, you are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. That, as, as, as the science proves that, you know, with a drop of blood from that woman, that, uh, you know, she could be on Mars uh, and we'd still be able to tune in. So the advanced races, they know this about the DNA science. They know that's how they can <laughs> see what's going on. Everything's in the DNA uh, and we have so much yet to learn. We do, or to remember. <laughs> and and to remember too you know, i don't always see it as learning i see it as remembering that because you know it's not totally our fault that we're a hundred years behind the where we should have been you know there was a little bit of an infiltration there so so i think we're all in the period where we're remembering and thank you so much we could just go on forever thank you so much for your generosity for your incredible wisdom for your willingness to share the sacredness of your personal experiences that are vast, including the Kundalini one. Holy moly. <laughs> well, the dark elements on this planet can only continue through secrecy. And when we shine the light and disclose what has been hidden, um, it transforms the situation. And we have been through generational indoctrination, have in, an incredible world hidden from us for decades and now we're on the threshold we're on the we're on the threshold right now of seeing an incredible leap forward and may join the rest of the peaceful benevolent cultures out there throughout the universe you know joining the galactic federation of worlds Absolutely. and and have lifespans that are that are greater um and so much less stress and suffering it doesn't need to be this much stress and suffering on this planet no no there doesn't thank you so so much dan oh my absolute pleasure oh, and uh, it's so much to play with fun to play with you and to learn from you and i will have you back and keep up with your great work and your great integration and you emanate that which you truly are. You set a beautiful example and you are a pleasure in every way to work with. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure, Marilee. And, uh, you know, just every little voice helps, you know. I'm just yes. one little voice that uh, helping to seed the collective mind to uh, transform the reality that we know can exist. Absolutely. So, absolutely. All right. Pleasure. And with that, until next time, folks, rock your radiance and let your own brilliance shine a little bit every day. Until then, onward and upward.